0: Hello and welcome to the Sunshine House Podcast, a cozy corner of the podcast sphere where you can listen in to chats with children's book authors. My name is Annie Louise, I am a children's book author, author of picture books like Humankind and Errol and This Is Love and Pegasus. I also write chapter books and more recently Middle Grade and Young Adult Fiction. So my first Middle Grade is called Queenie and Seven Moves which is out earlier this year with Walker Books. If you're interested in getting help with your own stories and writing, I mentor writers. So I help you with your picture books and your chapter books, helping you refine your story idea and get you to publication. So you can drop by my website, zannilouise.com to check that out. And while you're there, you might want to explore my online courses. So I have a picture book course run by myself and Anna Pinotaro and Anna's illustrated many, many, many books. And it's a really lovely course, which runs over six different modules. I also have the Sunshine House Masterclass program which is a collection of all my skills and knowledge which I share in a library of information but I also have monthly group mentoring meetings so we come together, set goals, chat about the month, look at what we're doing in our own careers and how we can develop further and I invite industry leaders into those sessions. Today on the podcast, I have the pleasure of chatting to a very good friend and colleague, Megan Daly. I have known Megan since the very, very, very beginning of my publishing career before I entered into it, actually. She's one of the few people I know from this world who I knew before I was a published author. Megan and I met through the blogging world and I remember meeting her at a conference once in Canberra and we have stayed friends ever since. Megan is a teacher, librarian and an author. She has done the most wonderful things for children's literature in Australia. Uh, She seems to have boundless energy. She runs the uh, Your Kids Next Read Facebook community along with Alison Rushby and Alison Tate. She just does so much uh, for all of us. So we're all very grateful to Megan for her passion and endless inspiration and support. And meanwhile, somehow had time to be the editor of a brand new book which is called Teacher, Teacher. It is stories uh, of inspirational educators. It's published by a firm. It's a wonderful volume of work which is basically, well, not just celebrating teachers, although it does do that but really diving into the teaching experience in a very useful, dynamic and touching way. So it was a pleasure to get to talk to Megan about this project, about the book itself and about what it is to be a teacher librarian. I hope you enjoy listening into this conversation recorded on Bunjalon land. Hi, Megan. Welcome to The Sunshine House. Thank you so much for having me. It is so lovely to be in The Sunshine House, finally. <laughs> finally. I know. I <laughs> feel like I've been chasing you around Brisbane, trying to pin you down to have a conversation with you. So <laughs> I now I've locked you in the house so can, I get to talk. Um, so we're going to chat about your amazing new book, Teacher, Teacher. Can you tell us a little bit about what this book is, firstly? Yeah, so Teacher, Teacher,
1: I'm so proud of. Its um, subtitle is Stories of Inspirational Educators, and it's basically about how the power of teachers just cannot be overestimated. It's often as a teacher not maybe about the subject that you taught students but about how you made students feel as a person. So basically Mm -hmm. it's an anthology of stories showcasing really amazing educators who've nurtured, inspired, championed or created change in, you know, one student or in a whole community and it's been such a delight and a privilege to be a part of this
0: project oh i can imagine how long have you been a teacher for megan
1: i've been a teacher for 25 years
0: which My is goodness. like so
1: horrific to actually <laughs> add up those years
0: <laughs> i know, I always get shocked when we enter into decades mm, worth of time mm, mm. uh so 25 years as a teacher so what what was the genesis for this what what inspired you to put so this together? um a firm press approached me with this idea that they mm-hmm. had about
1: putting together um a Books celebrating teachers. And despite the fact that I do way too much, I (laughs) absolutely jumped at the opportunity because I've been, I started my career as an early childhood teacher and now I'm a teacher librarian and I've worked in many different kind of um, areas and schools over my time as a teacher and I've seen so many different types of teachers and I feel like I talk in the introduction about the book as though I not as though I talk about teaching being very much a vocation rather than a profession so a profession is something that you you turn up for you do your hours you're paid you know and then you have a life outside of that profession often I feel like for a lot of us as teachers, It is much more a vocation where everything about us um, is about teaching. It's not just a profession. It is who we are. Teachers don't finish their school day and go off and do something else. They are always thinking about their Mm. students. And I feel like being a teacher is very much a, a life. It's a (laughs) life-altering job and it's an all-encompassing job. And so I really wanted to take the opportunity to sit back and be involved in this anthology and reflect and have others reflect on teachers that have nurtured them and their own life as a teacher and put something together that would Speak to a wide audience. Like I hope that it will be read by teachers, but also by parents and caregivers. I hope that politicians will read it. I'd love to stick it in the hands of a lot of
0: politicians. <laughs> it must <I> hope <laughs> that, Yeah,
1: I hope that school leaders will read it um, because I think you know it does take a step back and a look at the profession.
0: Yes, and you're definitely writing or publishing it at a time where you mm. know teacher wages, teacher retention mm. rates, all of that is in the news a lot. Is that a little bit? in the background um are you thinking a little bit about that as you're putting this out into the world always
1: you know and i've done quite a few radio interviews and i managed to get on the today show which was very exciting i I saw you there i feel like you've really made it when you i feel i feel feel actually that i've made it i've been on the today show and Mm -hmm. i saw the book in big w the other day i was like (laughs) i feel like i've really made it i'm in a department store yeah um but no it's been it obviously is a time where we are talking about teachers wages wages. burnout mm-hmm. and just how big the job is. So it was in the back of my mind, but we had over a hundred submissions or around a hundred submissions for the book. And I wanted to strike a balance between um, stories of how tough teaching can be and stories that also fill up the cups of those who are in the profession and want to stay in the profession i wanted it to be a very uplifting book so yes i feel like we've we've tried to get the balance right between being realistic about what the job is and the pressures and the challenges but also then celebrating everything that is beautiful oh, about the profession
0: i think that's so important and i do have so many teachers in my life and mm. you know i get to hear the behind the scenes and just oh you can't believe How much they put into their jobs. And I've, I've only ever heard teachers talk about it with such. As you say full immersion dedication mm-hmm. you know love and yes there is stress yes there's overwhelm but it's always coming with this you know drive behind it which is so great that you've been mm. able to capture that mm. so what is this process like as the editor i guess you're putting all these stories together this is a first for you isn't mm. it this mm. role mm. i i found
1: it a really interesting process i um I am a little bit of a control freak (laughs) and uh, a little bit of me was worried that I would find it quite hard not to just do the whole thing myself, you know, like I, I thought, oh gosh, you know, I could just do this myself. Yeah, I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted lots of viewpoints and obviously there's some amazing writers in the book. So the process was that people submitted and I put a call out on my social media and a firm yes. put a call out on their social media and and different people um, submitted. If I had my time again, I would tap a lot more people on the shoulder um, or I would encourage more of my author friends to write stories
0: not you know looking at anybody I know I do <laughs> I still have this knot of regret I just was I, every time I see the book I feel oh why didn't I send something there,
1: there was so many people that I've spoken to after the book coming out that have said exactly the same thing oh I thought about submitting <laughs> oh. but, um, but it's been you know it was really interesting so I then got all these submissions in and I decided I would need to read them all with the names of the authors taken off because mm-hmm. I knew I would know a lot of the contributors. And so I took all of the names off and I, um, the beekeeper sent me away for a weekend. I printed them all out because I'm old school and I yes. can't read on a screen. Um, and then I I kind of just tried to get this nice balance between stories from early childhood into the primary school playground, into the high school, mm. and then into offsite programs for youth at risk and and into academia. Um, Amazing. So I tried to get a good mix. So of those submissions, I could have included double um, mm-hmm. and the stories that didn't make it in up. A- only didn't make it in because i was trying to get this nice balance yeah so i found it quite an interesting process to be an editor i'm really proud of the anthology and i really enjoyed the process it's something that i'd love to do again because i now see the value in all of the different voices there's no point in say me writing a book from well there is but um if I wrote a book about teaching it would just be from my perspective yes. I think the beauty of an anthology is all those different perspectives
0: yes and so you're varying the you know different levels of school I guess are mm. you also varying and you've talked a little bit about thinking about the uplifting side of things mm. the hard work mm. uh, what else are you looking for in that texture of the anthology to, I think I
1: wanted a thread running through the anthology of I guess to me I the things that really make teaching stand out and teachers stand out. So for me, one of those things was kindness. I wanted Mm -hmm. kindness. I wanted authenticity. There's quite a few stories in there about the power of being authentic and teenagers spot inauthenticity a mile off and will eat you alive. But I would say also preppies do as well. Preppy students, you know, who are five years old also spot inauthenticity. So I wanted, you know, some of the key qualities of great teachers to shine through i'm just looking at one here by zoe anderson and the title is paying it forward with kindness the true impact of teachers and in that story she talks about how you know you can't collect data on kindness but the kindness that teachers show every day to students who are at risk who who students who just need some nurturing to Mm. all students is something that yeah yes we can't measure it on NAPLAN data but gosh it goes a long way in making a in helping to create a student who is um nurtured and feels seen.
0: Yeah, and it's stories like that that can go back into that greater change conversation, mm-hmm. that conversation that politicians should be having as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what what do we need to look at? How do we measure this? How can we, mm-hmm. you know, look mm-hmm. at improving the education system mm-hmm. and supporting mm-hmm. teachers to be That's right. More sustainable. So, are there any other stories that really stood yeah. out to you or stay with you that you think about? One personally? that I, I I really like
1: Zoe's because in it she talks about, um, you know, some of the most memorable moments in her teaching career Mm. haven't been, again, what the subject is that she's taught. It's been those connections with students. And there's another story in the book by Rebecca Diamond about the dangerous ideal of being an exceptional teacher Mm. and the way the system rewards the exceptional teachers. And they're often the ones that win the big awards and get the accolades and are held up in, in great esteem but they're also the ones at risk of burnout and they're also the ones who you know do we all have to be exceptional all the time like we are all human as teachers we do have lives we do often have children of our own and sometimes just showing up and being a good authentic human is is enough for that day Mm -hmm. um and so i think there is this you know there's a lot of rewarding of um overwork In the teaching profession and we reward and we praise those teachers that arrive at school at half past five in the morning and don't Mm. leave until after seven and we praise those teachers that you know go all teachers go above and beyond for their Mm. students but the ones that get the accolades are often the ones that are just um working at a level that just isn't sustainable and so i thought it was really important to include a story about just being a, a really good human and dedicated to your job but finding balance in your life as well
0: Oh, I love that. So you're hearing from teachers themselves writing about their teaching experience. Mm. Are you, and you are you also hearing from students who are yes. writing about their teachers? Yes, Yes. there's an absolutely
1: hilarious um, story from Joe Visser, who is the oh, son of Alison's Alison. son. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's 19. And he submitted a story which is honestly like It's so funny. It's called My Year with the Terrible Teacher and it's about this teacher he had in year five that everybody was absolutely terrified (laughs) of getting and he got this teacher and, you know, actually, again, as as a lot of students find out, sometimes those teachers that everybody is terrified of, when you have them, you just think, oh, actually, Mm -hmm. they're pretty exceptional. Yes, he was quirky. Yes, he was unusual. Yes, he was tough. But my gosh. Did I, you know, did I feel seen? Did yes. I feel, you know? Um, so I really like that story. And it's very, very funny. Joe is a very witty writer. There's also a really lovely story um, from Jesse, too, about. Um, her feminist awakening with a her high school English teacher who was actually um, male and, and just what he told her about being seen as a woman mm. and how women weren't seen in a lot of literature and a lot of art and a lot of movies. So that one was a really beautiful story as well. And then interestingly, Jacqueline Harvey, who is a well-known children's author, of course, she writes about her beautiful teacher, Sally Ryder Hogan, who is this teacher who she says shaped her life? So there is stories from teachers, but there's also stories from students who
0: nice. feel like
1: a teacher absolutely shaped their life.
0: Yes, and I can think of several in my own life that you know it, that person can totally pivot your mm, career direction mm, or mm. just the way you see yourself. Mm. So is that what is that what's coming through as well in the story? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know
1: it. And I don't think sometimes teachers know the impact that they have on a student. The teacher that I write about in the book is my grade 11 and 12 biology and agriculture teacher, Mr. Barry Janke. And, you know, I come from a family of composters and recyclers, (laughs) um, but my mother was not ever able to get all four of us kids completely on board with her system of composting. And, um, you know, but it wasn't until Mr. Janke in grade. Ten explained to me the the importance of composting and recycling and of looking after nature. That it suddenly clicked in my head. And yes, it was a combination of my mother and Mr. Janky, but yeah. this high school agriculture teacher opened up my eyes to the wonder of wilderness and of nature in a way that. Nobody else in my life has ever, ever done, you know, it's hilarious I went into teaching because I was always going to go into horticulture because of Mr. Janky. And I've I've ended up in education, but funnily enough, through writing this book, I managed just last week to track Mr Janky down. He's now in his mid-80s. Wow. Um, I nearly ran into him on a road close here. I saw him <laughs> pulling out weeds. He was weeding a church garden and I thought, that's Mr Janky. Um, anyway, I kindly stalked him and I found him and I've, I've given him a copy of the book. And he just had no idea that he had that impact on me. I'm sure he doesn't even remember me. Uh, He kindly said he did, but I don't think he did. Um, (laughs) You know, and I think that's one of the things about this book that's been so magical, that so many people have had the opportunity to thank a teacher
0: that, you know, probably doesn't know the impact they had wow what a gift to them mm. so I've been following your career closely for a long time uh because we've known each other now if it feels like what 13 years or something yeah, yeah yes. long time. over a decade which <laughs> is just terrifying uh but yeah we met through a blogging conference and yeah. I've been you know an avid reader of your blog ever since uh your podcast listen to your podcast and all of that and have now seen your books that you've written uh emerge into the world mm. which is awesome but your role as a teacher librarian uh you know, I'm, I feel like you're such a linchpin for so many authors bringing schools and books and authors together, which is just so wonderful. Are you able to tell us a little bit about your role as a teacher librarian? And I suppose what uh, you see as some of the things that you do in your role, which, you know, maybe do change kids' lives mm, or, you know, mm. are quite significant to kids?
1: I think libraries are a safe haven a place of well-being in a school that, without them, you know, I don't know where some of those kids that need the library go. I yeah. recently met a mum who came up to me at a um, kid's birthday party, and she got teary. And I, I don't remember her daughter. I'm sad to say, and I don't remember this mum. I, I taught the daughter for a, only a brief period of time, but you know, she said you made my child's experience at that school safe you made her feel seen you gave her a safe place to go at lunchtime where she she felt loved and she felt seen and i think that for so many teach librarians those are the stories they hear over and over again the school library is a beautiful place of well-being for so many children (laughs) it's a place of creativity as well it's a place of learning and of learning the skills to be a lifelong learner Libraries are about a few things. They're about learning to love literature and being a lifelong reader. And they're also about learning research skills, how to access information and be a critical and creative thinker and be a lifelong learner. I don't think we can underestimate the power of a school library. And yet we do over and over and Mm. over and over again. And I don't want in any of my interviews that I've done about the book, I try really hard to stay positive about the role of teacher librarians and school Mm. libraries. But we all know the reality is that so many schools are, um, as teacher librarians retire or, or move on, um, school leaders are not replacing them. School leaders don't necessarily see their value. And again, we come back to that data. It's it's difficult to collect data on the worth of a school library, but there is also a lot of, I'm heartened by the research in the area by people like Dr. Mel Green, who's collecting data on the value of recreational reading and looking at the power of school libraries, Dr. Margaret Merger. I think that, you know, certainly books haven't disappeared, have they? We we Mm. talked 20 years ago about, you know, they wouldn't need to be print books anymore. Everything would be electronic. That hasn't happened. I don't believe that will happen. And But I don't understand why, if you have a music specialist in a school, a PE teacher, a language specialist in a school, I don't know why you wouldn't have a reading specialist. Um, Blows my mind, continues Mm -hmm. to blow my mind. You know, I've just won Australian Teacher-Librarian of the Year and yet I still feel like for my entire career I've had to justify my job. It saddens me, but I also feel, you know, I feel like I do a great job and I feel like all of the teacher-librarians I know do a great job and I feel very heartened when I have people like that mum come up to me and say, hey, what you did really meant something for my child. So I think if we look at the individual stories that the impact a school library makes, you know, it's, it's a beautiful space and place in a school. I hope very much that school libraries will continue and school library staff will continue to be a thing.
0: Well, I certainly hope so too. And I can attest to that having visited hundreds of schools Mm, probably. mm. And it is the teacher librarian Mm -hmm. who invites you, the author, Mm -hmm. into a school. They create this welcoming environment for you and you do get to see their hard work and you can Mm -hmm. see their pride as they take you around their library, Mm -hmm. show you their displays that they've put so much thought into. But what I love also is exactly what you've said is at lunchtime you see the kids dribble Mm -hmm. in after they've eaten and you know just retreat to a corner or take a desk or come in with their friends or do a bookmark activity Mm. or something Mm. and I think yes I would have been that kid yeah yeah that's right I I love that they have a place to go some uh you know it's also out of the sun when you live it is yeah that's right it's good (laughs) to have air conditioning yeah it's interesting I
1: you know um I always am at pains to say at any public talks I do about school libraries school libraries have changed they are places where everybody feels Welcome, I would yeah. hope. But also, you know, like the cool kids hang out in the library now. Absolutely. and My library, I describe my library at lunchtime like a rave party. It is like a <laughs> 90s rave party. It's like a heaving mass of humanity. But then I took a photo just yesterday of this kid who was underneath a couch reading his book with pillows all around him. He was finding that quiet little space. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty. There's these pockets of quiet and creativity and gorgeousness. And then there's like this, you know, chatter and Maker spaces and lots of arguing and making of graphic novels. It's a really beautiful thing to witness lunchtime in a library. It is beautiful
0: yeah and it's
1: democracy you
0: know it It is is is. (laughs) is. all these different individuals coming together and I think that about public libraries too you know whenever you go to a public library you think is there any other place on Mm -hmm. earth where Mm -hmm. everyone is welcome I love public libraries you don't have to pay a cent it's beautiful you can feel Mm -hmm. safe you can access knowledge and information community it's just such a valuable asset of society and I should hope that books like Teach a Teacher are a little part of that instrument which is bringing this to light. You I, know, hope so. yeah, I hope sure so. Yeah, I'm sure this becomes you know big part of the conversation yeah, and yeah, change.
1: Yeah, I've yeah. written all three of my books now in public libraries because, yeah. like you say, they are places of just they are a melting pot, aren't they, of yeah. just interesting people. And I love I could happily spend all of my days sitting in a public
0: library, people watching and writing about the people. Oh, there's just so much and Yes, so thank you as a teacher-librarian, <laughs> as a teacher, as all for all of the wonderful things you've given to our community but also to kids. Um, you know, I can't imagine the thousands of kids that you've impacted in some way, whether you know it or not, mm. um, which is mm. amazing. And thank you also for taking time to chat with us uh, and with me <laughs> in the Little oh, stone House. We've been <laughs> trying for a while
1: and it's always lovely to chat with you. That I, I love having a chat.
0: Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much, Megan. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Sunshine House podcast. This episode was produced by Virtual Creatrix. Music was written by Gregor Hutchka and produced by Brett Canning. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a review, a rating and share with your friends. All of those wonderful things are much appreciated and help us find new listeners. If you are a creator yourself and would like to tap into a very supportive community, you can search up The Sunshine House Writers and Creatives on Facebook. We will let you in the door and inspire you, support you, all of those wonderful things. I have a new course available called The Sunshine House Children's Book Course, which is a collection of skills and knowledge to cover all sorts of aspects of the children's book industry, if you're interested in checking that out and doing a course from the comfort of home, have a look at my website, zannylouise.com. It's been wonderful spending this time with you today. Have a lovely, sunshiny day.